Hey, friends. This episode is sponsored by Mood Plus, a company with a unique and ancient solution to modern stress. Some fascinating studies have happened in recent years that have shown the impact of beneficial microorganisms on mental health, specifically a bacteria called Mycobacterium vaccae. Basically, these microorganisms interact with our immune system and promote mental well-being as well as resilience to stress and anxiety. Normally, we would be exposed to this bacteria through contact with soil and mud. That's how our ancestors did it. But as society has grown and we've better understood disease, our efforts to combat the bad microbes have also reduced our contact with the good microbes. This is where Mood Plus comes on the scene, because they are on a mission to harness the natural power of these microorganisms in order to enhance health and well-being. If you're looking for a natural, research-backed way to impact your mental well-being and boost your mood, then give Mood Plus a try. The company is called Mood Plus, but it's spelled M-U-D with an umlaut over the U. So listen close for the website because I'm going to spell it all out for you. Visit mud-plus.com and use code TRYMUD at checkout for 15% off your first order. Again, that's mud-plus.com and use code TRYMUD at checkout for a 15% discount. This episode is brought to you by Seed. Did you know that supporting your health can be as easy as taking two capsules a day? Each daily dose of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic is formulated with 24 scientifically studied probiotic strains that support gut, skin, and heart health, helping you start the new year off right. Visit seed.com slash Spotify and use code SPOTIFY25 to get 25% off your first month. Welcome to the Having It All podcast, the show about what it takes to live an abundant, loving life. My name is Matthew Bivens, and I want to help you live with more clarity, confidence, and purpose so you can truly have it all. Let's do it. What's going on, my awesome friend? Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Matthew Bivens, your balanced lifestyle coach, and this podcast is the place to learn how to have it all and live your abundant, loving life. If you are tired of feeling stuck and you're looking for a path towards more clarity, confidence, and purpose, then my friend, you are in the right place. I drop brand new episodes of the show the first Tuesday of every month. And if you are new to the show, then I encourage you to go check out the back catalog because I have been putting out episodes since 2016 and I've covered hundreds of topics and there's bound to be something that speaks to what you're struggling with right now. So you can go to my website, matthewbivens.com. You can hit podcast and see the entire back catalog and you can search for different keywords and phrases, whatever it is that you're going through. And I'm sure to have covered something. And if I haven't, if I haven't created an episode on a topic that's interesting and relevant to you, then let me know. Shoot me an email and say, hey, Matthew, I wish you would do a topic about X, Y, Z. And I will highly, highly consider it. And you can email me at Matthew at MatthewBivens.com. Last thing, if you can take a really quick second and in whatever podcast player or app you are listening to this right now, if you could hit that subscribe button for me, that would be tremendous. And then if you could leave a rating and review as well, that would be awesome. I love the feedback. I love when you tell me what you like about the show, what you dislike. So you can do that right there in the ratings and review. 
Uh, if you're on Apple Podcasts, that one's awesome to leave ratings on and reviews. And uh, again, if you want to give me feedback on my email, just shoot me an email, Matthew at MatthewBibbins.com. All right, today's episode is all about how you are taking care of yourself. And I'm going to talk about this by sharing with you the things that I do and have been doing recently to take care of myself. And as a coach, I have been in the personal transformation coaching world for five, six years now. And I've had the pleasure of working with a lot of people from all different backgrounds and all different ages, from 20s all the way up to 80s. And one of the patterns that I've noticed is that the older, as I've worked with people who are, are older and older, they focus more and more on their self-care and their personal habits the older they get. It's like when you're younger, you're focusing about things outside of yourself, career and, and money and family and different things like that. But I've just noticed that as individuals get older, the focus tends to come back onto themselves because at the end of the day, they're recognizing that they have one body through which they're going to experience this life, one mind through which they're going to experience you know, the life that they've created. And so it's just this interesting pattern I've noticed of people taking care of themselves in different ways as they get older. And so thinking about that really got me to reflect on the things that I do day in and day out, which are self-love habits, self-care habits. And I want to share them with you today because, you know, there's a lot of con content out there, YouTube on social media and whatnot about self-care and how to take care of yourself. And it's kind of a, a, a buzzword, self-love and all that. And I don't know about you, but when I skim that stuff and read it, you know, I wonder, are these individuals actually doing these things that they're talking about? And I don't trust a lot that I see on social media, just being honest. You know, I feel like a lot of that is, is uh, people putting on appearances. And so when I see something on social media that talks about self-care, you know, I just assume, okay, this is what they are putting out there, but are they actually doing it? And so this podcast, I've always wanted to be very vulnerable and very honest and very transparent with myself and my life. And so that's what I'm going to be sharing with you today. Like, these are habits and these are, are self-love, self-care practices that I do every day. I do these things and I've done them today. Like I'm recording this podcast at the end of the day and I've done the things I'm about to share with you throughout today and I did them yesterday, I did them the day before. And these things have evolved over time, but these are, are seven of the most important self-care practices that I'm doing right now which help me to feel better, have more energy, have more bandwidth, have more patience, and ultimately experience my life in a greater way. Because, you know, I believe that things happen in life, circumstances happen, stuff comes to us and at us that we aren't expecting. And the, the degree to which you take care of yourself and pour into your own tank oftentimes is reflected in your life experience and how you relate to the circumstances that come at you. So again, as a pattern that I've noticed within myself first and foremost, but then also with the individuals I've had the pleasure of, of working with and leading, I notice that when people don't take care of themselves, 
then they have a more challenging relationship to circumstances in their life. So when you aren't practicing self-care and, and doing things for you, things that impact you physically, emotionally, spiritually, socially, when you aren't doing those things, then when stuff happens or when life gets challenging or when you know there's a, a, an unforeseen bill or someone gets sick or whatever it is, you know, life happens, you tend to take it harder. So I'm going to share with you seven things that I'm doing right now that are big deposits for myself and ways that I'm practicing self-care and self-love. And then I'm going to share with you three things that I've stopped doing, three things that I've recognized recently this year that really don't help me, they don't serve me, they don't add to me, and so I've stopped doing them altogether. So overall, you're going to hear a list of 10 self-care, self-love habits, and the first seven are the ones that I'm doing right now. And they're going to they're gonna go from very simple, very basic, to more significant and more impactful. So the first thing that I do every single day is I make my bed. I, I make my bed. <laughs> so simple. You know, and the reason why I do it is, is for a few things. First of all, it's one of the very first things I can do in the morning that is empowering. Like a proactive, empowering habit because I make my bed when I get out of it. So it's like my, my feet have just hit the floor. I haven't even left my room yet. It's typically the first five minutes of the day and I just make my bed. And for me, it gets me doing something empowering very first thing in the morning and it makes my room feel nice and makes it look nice. So visually, you know, there's order. And I, I like that. You know, it, it kind of, it just feels nice for me. And at the end of the day, I have something really nice and comfortable to return to. You know, a well-made bed. So that to me is a very simple habit. And I, I don't miss it. And like, I mean, I keep it. That's what I mean by not missing it. I keep that habit. I do it every day. And it takes me 30 seconds. And so it's like, I feel accomplished first thing in the morning. Hey, friends. This episode is sponsored by Mood Plus, a company with a unique and ancient solution to modern stress. Some fascinating studies have happened in recent years that have shown the impact of beneficial microorganisms on mental health, specifically a bacteria called Mycobacterium vacae. Basically, these microorganisms interact with our immune system and promote mental well-being as well as resilience to stress and anxiety. Normally, we would be exposed to this bacteria through contact with soil and mud. That's how our ancestors did it. But as society has grown and we've better understood disease, our efforts to combat the bad microbes have also reduced our contact with the good microbes. This is where Mood Plus comes on the scene because they are on a mission to harness the natural power of these microorganisms in order to enhance health and well-being. If you're looking for a natural, research-backed way to impact your mental well-being and boost your mood, then give Mood Plus a try. The company is called Mood Plus, but it's spelled M-U-D with an umlaut over the U. So listen close for the website because I'm going to spell it all out for you. Visit mud-plus.com and use code TRYMUD at checkout for 15% off your first order. 
Again, that's mud-plus.com and use code TRYMUD at checkout for a 15% discount. Hey friends, this episode is sponsored by Factor, my go-to source for delicious and ready-to-eat meals. I love the work that I do, and I can find myself following an idea or a project for hours at a time, and then realize that I haven't eaten in a while. It's in those moments that I'm so grateful for Factor. First off, their meals are fresh, chef-crafted, and ready to eat, which means I don't have to spend time prepping, cooking, and cleaning up. I just get to enjoy the food. Second, since there are over 35 different meal options each week, I never get bored. I can choose from Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, Keto, and more, which is great because Sarah and I have very different tastes, and now we don't have to compromise as much in the kitchen. And then there are the add-ons, which include things like pancakes, smoothies, and more. Basically, Factor has you covered through the entire day. Overall, we have found so much value in Factor. And if you're like us, then Factor might be the perfect solution for you if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Head to factormeals.com slash havingitall50 and use code havingitall50 to get 50% off. Again, that's code havingitall50 at factormeals.com slash Having it all 50 to get 50% off. The second habit that I'm going to share with you today is I affirm myself in the mirror. So I will do self affirmations looking at myself in the mirror. This one is, is simple in what it actually is, but it's not always easy in the practice because it can be kind of uncomfortable to look at yourself in the mirror and say something loving. But the reason why I do it is it helps me to re-script the judgmental self-talk that I have allowed a lot of airtime in my, in my head, that, that, that judgmental voice that wants to tell me that I'm not enough, that I'm not working hard enough, that I'm not handsome enough, that I'm not intelligent enough, that I'm not whatever. And that voice has spent many, many hours talking down to me. And so my simple habit of affirming myself in the mirror helps me to re-script that. And I do in the beginning of the day because I do like I do in the morning so that I can start my day off with some positivity, some encouragement, some affirmation. And I also do these affirmations in a particular way. I speak to the areas that I'm actively working on. So if I'm working on being patient, for example, let's say that I, I noticed that, wow, with my daughter, I'm not being very patient, so I wanna work on that. Then I might affirm myself by saying, it's getting easier and easier for me to be patient when I'm triggered. And I'm doing a better job at catching that trigger and taking a pause and calming myself down to get back into patience. Like that's the type of affirmation that I'll do. So that's a habit that I hit every day Again, it doesn't take very long. I go into the bathroom several times in the morning, you know, use the restroom when I get up, brush my teeth. So I'm already right there in the mirror. And it's an easy thing for me to do that, again, puts a check mark in the, you know, empowering column for first thing in the morning. The next habit that I do, I've been doing this one for years and years and years, is overall, I treat my body well. Like I treat my body as if I love it. And by that, I mean 
I move my body every day. I exercise in, in some way. Some days it's very, very vigorous exercise. Other days it's very, very light, maybe a little bit of stretching. But I do something movement-wise on my body every single day. I eat well. You know, I have this sort of 80-20 ratio of, of eating things that are going to be healthy for me versus eating what I really want in the moment. So I give myself permission to do that. But for the most part, I eat things that are, are very healthy. Um, and I've found that you can make so many incredibly delicious meals that are also very healthy. So I just treat my body well, like as a baseline habit. I drink tons of water. I drink so much water. I have a gallon jug next to me right now as I'm speaking. You know, I drink a lot of water. Um, I take breaks when my body needs it. Like I'm a busy dude, just like you are. You know, you're a busy person. You have so many things going on. Um, and my body will let me know when it needs a break. You know, like I'll just feel tension in my shoulders or uh, my feet start to hurt or my low back hurts. And I'll just take a break. It might look like a, a, a 30 seconds of, you know, a bent over stretch stretching my low back. It might look like 10 minutes of sitting down and reading a book, it might, whatever it is. But when my body is really talking to me, like I listen to it. And same thing with technology. Like when I feel like I've had too many screens and, and earbuds in my ears too long and just too much technology bombarding me, I take a break from it. So overall, this third self-love habit I'm sharing is just loving on my body and listening to what my body is telling me because it's always communicating. Sometimes it's telling me, hey, we need some more vegetables and fruits. Sometimes it's telling me, hey, we need to take a break. You've been running around a lot. Sometimes it's telling me, hey, we need to sleep in a little bit. And I work on listening to my body and, and you know, for the most part, honoring what it requests. But every day I am treating my body well. The next habit that I do for self-love is I create time for myself. It's kind of similar to the one above, but I create moments where I can just recharge my batteries because I believe in my core, I'm an introvert. Introvert meaning it is when I'm with myself that my batteries recharge. Like that's the context and definition of introvert that I roll with. And so it could look like taking a moment to just, like I said, sit down for a few minutes. It could be taking a break to read a book, making time to go out in my garden, you know, spending time working with my hands out in nature. Or sometimes it looks like taking a solo drive. You know, like I'm, I'm not afraid to ask for me time and create me time. And, you know, this one has gotten more challenging to do as I've taken on more responsibilities in life, as I became a husband, as I became a father, as I've started working with more businesses and expanding my businesses and taking on new roles, you know, it feels like I've, I'm, I'm cramming more things into a 24-hour day. Yet, I still create time for myself. Because for me, that's incredibly important. And I feel the impact if I've gone an entire day and I have done nothing for myself. So I've just understood myself over the years that taking that me time is a huge, huge way to deposit into myself, to love on myself, and to recharge my batteries. So every day, I find some way to have a little bit of me time. The next habit that I do every day for self-love is 
I make progress on meaningful work every single day. So there's a lot of different things that I enjoy doing that are significant to me. And meaningful has different meanings. It's not always about a, a, a work project or something business related. Like right now, for example, I wanna build a pumpkin patch in my backyard. So I've got pumpkins growing, I wanna put up a little fence, I wanna make a sign. That to me is a meaningful project. And so I made some time today to put a little bit of work in on that. Didn't finish it, but I was out there in my garden for you know 30 minutes working on that. That's significant to me. And another day, it might be something business related. But there's something that I do every single day to make progress on a project that has a lot of meaning to me. And, and for me, when I move the needle on a project like that, it just feels great. It, it, it feels great. It's like I'm making progress. And it's a reminder to me that it's not about perfection. You know, I have a challenge with perfection sometimes. I want everything, you know, I can, I can want things to be perfect and look perfect. But just making progress reminds me that it's not about perfection. It's about taking a step forward and building on momentum. So every single day, even on a Sunday, Sunday is like my, my total chill day, take off, don't do much of anything. But I'll still make time to do something that, that moves the needle in a little way. Right. It might again, it might be on, on a project that has nothing to do with with business at all. It might be like a garden project or whatever it is. But every day I make time to do some meaningful work. The sixth self-love habit that I do daily is that I practice listening to my higher self and I pay less attention to my lower self. Now, this might sound a little esoteric and up there, but what I mean is higher self to me is my intuition. It's my inner guide, that, that inner voice. You might call it your conscience. And I believe that that has incredible wisdom. And I have found with me that there tends to be these two conflicting voices and these two conflicting presences within me one of them is that intuition, that higher self, and the other one is the, the ego, the fear-driven, scarcity, lower self. And I have noticed upon self-reflecting and looking at significant moments in my life and catching myself in moments right now and today when I'm feeling down or anxious or worried or scarce, and I have found that the moments where I feel down it's because I listened to and gave into the lower self. And big breakthrough moments and, and moments that are very significant, like if I was to make a board of all of my incredible moments in life, they are the ones that were inspired by my higher self. And so I've become aware of that. I've like acutely aware of that. And so every day I do something and, and intentionally working on tapping into that higher self, that intuition. And what that has looked like in practice is that I've put on my phone three times a day a, an alarm that goes off. And I'll read it to you what it says. It says, stop, ask yourself, right now in what I'm about to say 
or do or think? Do my desires stem from my lower self or from my higher self? And that goes off three times a day. Goes off first thing in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening. And what it gets me doing, what it gets me to do is to simply check in. Like right now in that moment, am I listening to that fear-based voice, that scarce voice that gets me feeling worried and anxious and frustrated? Or am I listening to that higher self voice, that intuition that makes me feel joyful and present and inspired? And it's a check-in and it takes seconds for me to check in. And what's really cool about it, I've been doing this for a while now, and again, it's it's programmed on my phone, so it pops up. And what I've found is that the check-ins are very helpful because it gets me reflecting in that moment. But I will also find myself asking that same question, okay, where I'm at right now, am I coming from lower self or higher self? When I'm going through something funky in between my check-ins. So let's say that I have an alarm that goes off at, 2 p.m. and 1 at 9 p.m. I might be walking through my house at 4.30 just frustrated about something. And because I've been doing this for a while, I'll catch that frustration. I'll feel it. I'll be like, ah, my man, is what you're going through right now, are you coming from lower self or higher self? And I'll catch it. And I'm so grateful I catch it because in the past, I wouldn't catch that stuff. And I would just be ruminating and frustrated and worried and scarce whatever it is I was feeling, I would I would essentially just run that feeling until the gas went out, until there was no more in it. And that's when it would stop. And sometimes that would be 30 minutes. Sometimes that would be five hours. Sometimes that would be a day or two. It would just go until the gas ran out. And then it was like, okay, I might as well feel something different. But now, because I'm practicing the self-love habit, I'm catching it. I'm catching it in the moment when I'm feeling off and feeling funky. And it's a simple check-in. Hey, right now, are you coming from lower self or higher self? And to me, that's a, it's a significant difference between those two. Like I, I know what it means to me when I'm coming from lower self versus higher self. So it's like a real quick check-in. And it just gets me aware. It helps me to become aware. Because when I'm aware of it, now I have a shot of exercising my choice and choosing, do I want to keep coming from lower self and continuing to feel how I feel? Or do I want to use some of the tools at my disposal to get myself back into some higher self-aligned thinking? And a tool at my disposal, for example, might be gratitude. Let's say that I'm in a funk around scarcity. There's things I want to do, but I don't have the amount of time. I don't have the money. I want to do this. I want to invest here. Man, I'm frustrated. You know, and I could be in that funky low self space. And then when I catch it, I'll say, ah, okay, yep, I'm coming from that, that scarcity place. Cool. Well, you know what? I don't really want to feel that way anymore. So let me get into gratitude. Let me stop being frustrated about what I don't have. And let me start being grateful for what I do have. I'm grateful for the air conditioning that I feel on my feet right now as I walk through the house. I'm grateful to have a house with doors that I can close off a certain section and have you know, privacy when Maya's sleeping and I want to do a podcast episode. I'm grateful to live in the neighborhood. Like, I'll just start doing that. And that gently nudges me over into higher self. So this has been a really great self-love practice. And I've used something like my phone to aid me in building up this habit. And it's been very effective for me. All right. 
the seventh and final self-love habit that I do every day is I keep the agreements that I make to myself. I keep agreements I make to myself. I try incredibly hard to not let myself down. And by let myself down, what I mean is I've made a promise to myself in some way and I do whatever I can to show up and keep that promise. Because if I cannot trust myself at the end of the day, if I cannot trust that I'll keep the agreements that I make to myself, then it makes things so challenging. It makes things so challenging because the trustworthiness has gone down. I don't believe what I, what I say. So I work very, very hard on being intentional with the agreements that I make with myself. Right? I don't just go and make a whole bunch of promises to myself about anything. I'm very intentional when I make them. And when I do make them, I fight like hell to keep them. And here's an example. Let's say that I have made an agreement to go to the gym, you know, in the morning. So, okay, I'm going to go to the gym tomorrow morning. And then I wake up and last thing I want to do is go to the gym. It's just like every part of me is, is just screaming to stay in at this one. Just don't do it. You know, you don't want to go. You're tired, blah, blah, blah. I will, because I made that agreement to myself, I will make myself go to the gym to keep that agreement. And then if I find that it's a pattern where I'm kicking and screaming to go to the gym each morning, then what I'll do is I'll reflect on whether or not I want to change the agreement. And if changing the agreement ultimately resonates with me, then I'll just change the agreement. But I'm not going to break the agreement simply because I don't want to in that moment. And I have a personal history of doing that very, very often. I did that for years and years and years. I would make promises to myself and then routinely break them. Make another promise and break it. Make a tiny promise and break it. Make a big promise and break it. And so doing that for so many years when I was younger, when I was in my, my 20s, it created this sense that I can't even trust myself. I don't believe what I say to me and about me. And so when there were things that I wanted to work hard to obtain or accomplish or create. There was always this part of me that believed I just wasn't going to do it. It's like, yeah, yeah, you say you're going to do this thing. You say you're going to launch this business. You say you're going to you know, accomplish this thing. But let's be real, man. Deep down, you know that you're just not going to do it. Because when it gets challenging enough, you're not going to want to do it. And that's when you tend to give in. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. 
I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And so it was a it was a retraining process to build up that credibility within myself and build up the trust that if I say I'm going to do something, it's as good as etched in stone. I'm going to do it. And I also learned over time that I needed to be flexible with myself and I needed to give myself permission to change agreements. Because otherwise, I'm fighting to keep an agreement and that in and of itself is having a detrimental impact on me. It's almost as if I may as well break the agreement because the fighting to keep it is not healthy either. So I found that I need to periodically reflect on the agreements that I make and I need to be okay with changing agreements. And so I have been. I've been better at that over the years, like really assessing, does this continue to work for me? If it does, great. If it doesn't, I'm willing to change the agreement. What I'm not willing to do is to break agreements that I make to myself. Because part of the thing that I understand is the degree to which I keep my promises to myself is a degree to which I can ultimately keep my promises to others. Because I believe the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. And so if I'm breaking promises to me, then at some point I'm gonna start breaking promises to you. And then your trustworthiness in me goes down. And then the relationship starts to break down because you can't trust. And that's what relationships are built off of, trust. So that has been a huge, huge self-love habit is I keep the agreements I make to myself. You know, because think about it. If you make an agreement to someone that you love, you will probably do almost anything to keep that agreement. Like you will, you will get real uncomfortable to keep an agreement you make with somebody else. But how uncomfortable will you get to keep an agreement you make with yourself? And again, when I reflected on that, I realized that I was very loose with my agreements on with me. I was not willing to really dig in and get uncomfortable to keep agreements I made with myself. So I changed that. And so many amazing things have rippled from my life because now I believe in myself. I can count on myself. My confidence is up, my self-esteem is up, my self-worth is up because I believe I'm worth keeping my word to me. I'm worth it. If I said I'm gonna do something and it's the end of the day and I still haven't done it, like, no, I'm gonna stay up and get it done because I made that agreement and I'm worth it. I would do it for my wife, I would do it for my sister, I would do it for my best friend, so why wouldn't I do it for me? So that is one of the most significant self-love practices that I do every day is I keep my word to myself. All right, let's wrap this up by talking about the three things that I've stopped doing because there's a lot of things over the course of the years that I have stopped doing as well. And it's okay to stop doing certain things. So for me, and this, this is necessarily in 
a particular order, not like in the previous list. But these three things are important. The first thing is I stopped saying yes to social invitations that I felt obligated to go to, but I really didn't want to. I used to do that all the time. If somebody invited me somewhere, if they were you know, a loose friend, an acquaintance, something like that, I would feel like I needed to go. And so there was many times when I would say yes, but I really did not want to go. And so then I would just be frustrated and complain to you know my wife or whatever, and I would begrudgingly go, and, and then I would just wanna try to get out of there real quick. And what I realized years later, especially as I went through a process with my coach where I created my seven guidelines, one of those guidelines being relationship standards, what I was realizing is that I was violating these unwritten standards that I had because these individuals who were inviting me places, I was saying yes, and they didn't necessarily meet a standard. So today, I have very clear relationship standards in place. And I have standards for how I engage with people at different levels. Whether you're part of like my inner inner circle, whether you're part of my periphery circle, or you're somebody that I've never met before. Like I have some standards of how I'll engage and what I'm willing to to give and provide and do and how I'll show up. And so saying no, in the past, I felt like it was me letting people down. I felt like it was very selfish. However, today I understand that saying no is holding my standard. A lot of times it's, it's simply me holding my standard. And a lot of times what I'll do is I will offer up a win-win that allows me to keep my standard in place and potentially have the social interaction with a person. So that's something I stopped doing was just saying yes to things that I really did not want to do and ultimately learn how to say no, learned how to create standards and learn how to hold them. The next thing I stopped doing was I stopped moving so quickly like physically moving quickly. If at the end of the day, I sit down and when I sit down, maybe it's like for dinner or even after dinner. And if it feels like I haven't sat at all, <laughs> like if my body is so exhausted at the end of the day, then for me, that's telling me something's a little off. I've probably been running around all day long. And most of it is me moving really fast in a rush, like in an emotional rush, in a physical rush. And so I've stopped doing that and I've started just taking things slower because I was realizing that by physically moving fast, it was creating anxiety within me and it was keeping whatever emotional thing I was fixated on that was, that was creating a sense of urgency and rush like when I was physically rushing, it kept all that stuff swirling. So now I slow down. And what I mean is like I physically drive slower. Like I'm a speed limit driver. I know it's incredible. <laughs> I get honked at a lot for being a speed limit driver. I get passed a lot. And I'm okay with that. Like I don't rush to try to get to destinations anymore. And I walk slower in my house, I walk slower going from room to room. 
when Sarah, Maya, and I go out and we're walking through our town, like, I walk slow. I walk slow across crosswalks. I don't rush to try to go from place to place. And when it comes to my schedule, I now work on leaving gaps in between events so that I don't create a sense of urgency. Because I used to stack things right on top of each other. And I would do that even knowing that if I put an hour block for this call, I know it's gonna go an hour five, which means I'm gonna feel rushed at the end of that call. And then I'm gonna rush into the next call, not being fully present and already being in an agitated energy and bringing that right into this next call. And then I carry that, continue it, moving it on. So now I just put a little break, a little pause. And for me, this has been really big, that, you know, it's to, to stop moving so quickly has been so big because I found that when I physically slowed down, I started to emotionally and mentally slow down as well. And so it reduced feelings of anxiety. It reduced feelings of urgency. It reduced feelings that I was always behind, always late, always letting people down, always disappointing, always keep, keeping people waiting. So physically slowing down for me had this tremendous ripple effect across a lot of different areas. The last thing that I stopped doing, it's related to one of the self-love habits, is I stopped letting my lower self steer the ship. So again, one of my self-love habits that I do every day is I make time to listen to my higher self and I give less airtime to my lower self. In the past, I made a lot of decisions based off of the lower self, the fear, the ego, the scarcity. You know, it would look like not going for the job opportunity. It would look like, you know, not taking the risk, not trusting myself. And so I let the lower self steer the ship. It never led me towards anything positive, optimistic, productive, empowering, exciting. It always left me feeling frustrated feeling like I was not giving my all, not realizing my potential and not playing for greatness. And so I stopped doing that. It was almost like a cold turkey thing. It's like, nope, I'm done. I'm done letting you steer the ship because I don't like the direction you're taking me. I'm gonna start trusting my higher self, even though it's uncomfortable and even though it's scary, I'm gonna trust that my intuition is guiding me in the direction that I need to go in. Fear, I'm pretty clear of where you're gonna take me. So let me trust love and let me just surrender and flow with it and have some faith. And that choice has rippled into some incredibly significant things, such as, you know, marrying my wife Sarah, starting this podcast and this coaching business, you know, really stepping into my authenticity in relationships and who I am as a person, those decisions came as I stopped letting my lower self steer the ship and started trusting my heart and started trusting my intuition. Even when I was scared to do so, even when it was so frightening, even when the unknown and like what's on the other side of all this was just almost paralyzing at times, I just said yes and 
there has to be something greater on the other side of that than what fear is gonna take me to and where lower self is gonna take me. And I've experienced too much results of being led by lower self and fear. So I'm done with that. I'll take the risk, I'll roll the dice and, and, and trust my intuition and trust my heart and trust my gut and I'll go in this direction. And it's paid out in so many incredible ways. So I stopped listening to the, the fear and started listening to the love. And that to me has been an incredible self-love habit. So my goal during this conversation was again to get you thinking about the self-care that you're actively doing and working on today. Like I wanted you reflecting on it. What's working? What are you doing? What are the small things? What are the big things? I also wanted to maybe inspire you to try something new. Maybe something on my list you've heard a million times, but hearing the way that I describe it, the way that I approach it is going to inspire you to give it a try as well. And then I also wanted to just simply overall have you thinking about how you're taking care of yourself physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Like how are you actually loving on yourself? Because that is an incredibly important part of having it all. Right? ALL stands for abundant loving life. It's the love that you show yourself that then becomes the love you can give to others. The love you can pour into your family, into your spouse, into your partner, into your projects, into your career, into your community. But if you aren't pouring that into you, then the stuff that you're pouring out there into them isn't, isn't the fullness that it could be. It isn't as pure as it could be. It isn't as unconditional as it could be. And it certainly isn't as abundant as it could be. So you've got to start with you. You got to believe that you're worth it. Because if you don't put that oxygen mask on yourself and you try to put it on everybody else first, guess what? At some point, you're going to pass out. And once you pass out, you now become a burden on everybody else. Now they got to worry about you. Now they got to pick you up because you didn't have the thought to put yours on first. And so ultimately, I want to inspire you to love on yourself to a greater degree. Love on yourself more fully. Identify simple ways that you can love on yourself every single day. Commit to it, do it, and see how it feels. See how your life is impacted. See how your energy is impacted. See how your productivity and your creativity are impacted. See how your life experience changes as you practice self-love every single day. Thank you all so much for hanging out with me today. This has been a really great and fun conversation. I appreciate the time. If you have any feedback for me, any questions, any suggestions for future episodes, once again, you can reach out to me at my email address, which is Matthew at MatthewBivens.com. And again, this has been fantastic. I appreciate you. I love you. My name is Matthew Bivens, and here is to you having it all. Quick note about the Having It All podcast. I am not a doctor nor a licensed therapist. I'm a guy with a story and a passion for conscious conversation. My thoughts, opinions, and beliefs are my own. So please consult with your doctor or healthcare provider regarding any questions or issues you have related to your personal, physical, or mental health. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, 
why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% data-approved, Datages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgins. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Datages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.